uh, Jordan Whitmer. Jordan Whitmer, he mobilizes student leaders to impact their generation for Christ. Uh, his ministry name is How to Life, and they minister Generation Z. And Generation Z is guys who are men and women who are 25 age, age 25 and younger. Probably that generation is about 15 years span, Jordan, about 10 to 25. Uh, many of these folks, um, maybe some of the children, grandchildren in this room, are digital natives. That means that they never remember a time that they didn't have a phone. So just think about that, a mobile device. Um, he's a member of Luis Palau uh, Association's Global Network of Evangelists. Uh, a few years back, Luis stood right here and talked to us as well. So it's a, it's a great, great transition uh, tradition. Tonight, in fact, uh, you have an event in Brooklyn? Mm -hmm. An event in Brooklyn. Uh, we mentioned A.R. Bernard from Brooklyn. Jordan will be there as well. Uh, a few years back, Jordan's grandfather, uh, Hutchcraft, told me that Jordan knows what I know about ministry, but at age 20. So what are you now, like 24, 25? 23. 23, okay. Oh. Still eligible? Eligible. Yeah. Eligible bachelor. Yeah. Let's welcome Jordan Whitmer. Well, good morning, everyone. It is a privilege uh, to be here at the wonderful Bergen County uh, NCS chapter here. Uh, I feel old because I'm on the old end of Gen Z, but I am Gen Z. I remember dial-up internet. I remember VHS. I remember, I remember what I remember, but, but like the more you get younger than, the, what, as soon as you start going younger than me, you're going to find kids who don't remember any of that. So like, do you remember VHS? Do you remember dial-up internet? Weird thing. Yeah. Do you remember telephone operators? Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think DVDs have just come out. So anyways, that's, that, that ages me. I was, I was actually born out here uh, in 1998 in wonderful Compton Plains at that Children's Hospital, I think, something like that. But I uh, grew up in, uh, well, lived in Wayne for a year. Uh, my, uh, some of you might be familiar with my uh, grandfather, Ron Hutchcraft, who worked out here for many years uh, with uh, the Northern New Jersey Youth for Christ chapter. He had been in, uh, in Chicago uh, for a while growing up, and then uh, the Lord led him and my grandma Karen and uh, my little baby mom at the time. They moved from Chicago to here, and we were all there the 70s and 80s and 90s, uh, and then worked with Youth for Christ, helped with the 1991 Billy Graham crusade that happened out here then, and then in in the 90s started Ron Hutchcraft Ministries, uh, which uh, in 1998, I was born out here, and then 1999, the Lord led our ministry, our family ministry to move from here to Northern Arkansas. Very different uh, change of location uh, than Northern New Jersey, uh, but uh, I can, I always claim from New Jersey originally, but I grew up in Arkansas and a few areas involved, but um, the privilege uh, to be here uh, today, I visited here uh, a couple times before. I, I was here back in October when uh, you guys had George Burr were here speaking, which is awesome. He's amazing. I uh, look up to uh, him and his history and legacy. And uh, uh, But yeah, I'm so, so excited uh, to be here. And as Brian shared, I really have a heart for uh, this generation of young people. So again, I am 23 years old. I'm on the older end of what is known as Generation Z. Uh, some of you here... Uh, for a while, we were like, oh, it's like there's the millennials, kind of like anyone's like 30 and under, it's even 35 and under. But now the millennial generation is getting older and into their young 40s. So, like, 
40s, 30s age is really millennials, older 20s, but, uh, but anyone younger than that is part of Generation Z, uh, kind of today's uh, generation of young people. And uh, uh, there's a lot of bad news about Gen Z, and many of you in this room are probably familiar uh, with just it, it, often when we hear about Gen Z, it doesn't really seem to be much good news. And I'm here to share some bad news, but also a lot of good news and hope uh, when it comes to the next generation that I hope will encourage each of you uh, in, in, my, in, in powerful ways. But share a little bit of my story. Again, I was born out here, grew up in Arkansas, an amazing ministry family with a, with a heart and passion for the gospel, for evangelism, and, uh, and seeing uh, people Very young age, and uh, I've been so blessed to uh, be able to walk pretty much my whole life uh, with the Lord one way or another. For me, it hasn't really been a journey of ups and downs as much. It's been more just kind of like one, like consistent growing just over time kind of story. And I know I'm so grateful to the Lord for what He's kept me from. I know I would be a totally different person if it wasn't for Christ in my life. And I am so grateful for the Lord and what He has done in uh, transforming my life and giving me hope. Uh, uh, even as someone who grew up in ministry, grew up in the church, grew up in, uh, in a family passionate about the Lord. Uh, growing up in, uh, in elementary school, middle school, and high school, I tried to find ways to reach out and, and make a difference. And uh, in the summers, I grew up going to the Native American reservation with my uh, my grandfather's ministry, with Ron Hutchcraft uh, Ministries, uh, traveling, doing work with what's called On Eagle's Wings. And we would uh, take a team of Native American young people and still do every summer uh, to different uh, reservations and uh, and, uh, and Matt here and, uh, and Ken, they're helping with our uh, Native American Discipleship Center that's being built for Ron Hutchcraft Ministries right now in Arkansas, which is really uh, amazing, uh, uh, that vision. So, so I grew up with just around an amazing heart and passion for just unique ministry and evangelism. And then when I was in high school, I'm like, I want to do something to reach my friends, my peers that I go to school with. And, and there was a specific moment when I was 16, uh, I was like, I realized I had a year and a half left of high school and I wanted to do something more to reach my friends. I'm like, after after a year and a half, I'm going to walk across the graduation stage with a bunch of people from my class and I'm probably never going to see 99% of them again, which has been true. So uh, I'm like, I want to do whatever I can in this last year and a half to make a difference and reach them however we can, just give them a shot. At Christ, Arkansas, where I've grown up, is somewhat of a Bible Belt state, but still, meaning there's a lot of people who go to church, a lot of people who are very cultural to go to church on Sunday and, and grow up in, in Christian circles, but there's still so many young people who don't know Jesus at all or are very on the fence spiritually and know a lot about the Lord, but maybe not, are, aren't truly living a life of being on fire for Christ. So I'm like, I want to impact them, do whatever I can. I got four of my friends together. We sat around my dining room table in December of 2014, so uh, seven and a half years ago, and sat around my dining room table. We were praying, Lord, could you move in our hometown? Could you move in Arkansas, uh, in, in our in our county? And we felt the Lord calling us to plan an event, something that was led by students, because we thought doing something student-led would be powerful, given how much Gen Z and young people, teens, listen to teens more than pretty much any other voice in their life. Normally, that's a really bad thing. Yeah, but in this case, we wanted to see that be a good thing uh, for the kingdom uh, to have a teen-led, student-led outreach in uh, uh, in Arkansas. And uh, our team of four of these humble, these humble beginnings we had, I'm like, how is this going to turn into something big? Sure enough, 
the Lord started to grow this team. Our next meeting had 15 people at it, and the next had 40 kids at it, and our next meeting had like 60 kids at it, Christian kids praying, Lord, would you move in our city? People from multiple schools from around our community, multiple schools, multiple churches, all coming together to help put on an event, an initiative in our city and share the gospel. You know, long story short, in March of 2015, you know, we had the first ever what we called How to Life. So we had a How to Life event. We just came up with that name at that meeting of four, actually. We are just like, how to live your life, how to life. Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Like grammatically incorrect. Let's, let's go with it. So how to life. It was like, is this supposed to be how to live? Have you come up with a name, Jordan? Oh, but it was, came up with by a bunch of 16, 17-year-olds in Arkansas in 2014, and it's uh, stuck ever since. And so how to life uh, happened in March of 2015. We had 750 young people uh, from our community that showed up for an outreach event, led completely by young people. Very pretty unprecedented dynamic like big events aren't unprecedented but something led by young people that was very, very new for us there and in most areas truly like teen-led stuff is doesn't happen too much so uh, we had people from all of our community that showed up uh, for an event that uh, featured music uh, some music and songs and a little bit of worship uh, and a lot of stories a lot of testimonies or as my grandpa would call them, hope stories uh, people sharing about the hope that Jesus has given them and uh, uh, people shared their stories about what the Lord has done in their lives saying I went through this but Jesus changed my life and he can change your life too and uh, those stories were deeply powerful deeply impactful for our community and uh, uh, at the end of the event we had a clear presentation of the gospel and I was able to kind of be that evangelist that night little Billy Graham, Louis Plow, Ron Hutchcraft, whatever <laughs> get up there and you're like, guys, uh, tonight I'm going to give you a chance to, to follow Christ uh, and uh, to, uh, to know what it means to, to have a relationship with Jesus. And, uh, and there were 75 young people that night that made a commitment to Christ through How to Life in Arkansas. And an amazing, powerful night that I will never forget. And the leaders that night will never forget. And uh, it went so well to where... People start hearing about it around our region, and they were like reaching out, saying, "Hey, Jordan, could we do this in uh, Missouri? Could we do this in Northwest Arkansas? Could we do this in a few areas?" And so my senior year of high school was spent helping kind of plant more how to life events, and we started having more events in Missouri and other parts of Arkansas. By the time I graduated high school, we had four events that my senior year that were similar in size and scope, with all new local teams that emerged to want to reach their communities. The next year, the movement spread to Illinois, Tennessee, and Texas. And the next year, the movement uh, spread from coast to coast. We had events in 13 states that year My uh, after that. Uh, amidst all this, I got my uh, bachelor's degree in Bible from Liberty. So I love Liberty in Virginia. I got my bachelor's Bible mainly online because I was traveling a lot for all of this. So I uh, did uh, online school with that and uh, have been uh, kind of going along with this in uh, and then in the uh, fall of 2018, we had our first ever uh, event outside of the U.S. in England. Uh, there were young people from the U.K. that reached out saying, hey, could we do an event in England? And I was like, I've never been to England, but sure, we'll, we'll help you out. And uh, we had events in England that year. And then uh, in Germany and France and Mexico by the end of the school year. Uh, and then uh, recently Canada. So add it all up, over the course of about seven years now, we've had 108, and tonight will be the 109th How to Life event. And uh, oh, there are 22 states across the U.S. and six countries around the world. 
uh, everywhere from, like I said, the US, UK, Germany, France, Mexico, Canada, coast to coast in the US, tons of states in between uh, with young people rising up saying, hey, we want to reach our friends for Christ. This isn't necessarily me taking a team around and putting on events where I go. It's, it's local young people that reach out saying, hey, we want to do something here. Uh, so last year and uh, uh, we last year in the in the summertime uh, we in the summer we do a big promotional push to young people through Instagram social media and we're very selective we don't just take any kid to plan an event we really are looking for bold young Christian leader teenagers people who we would consider to be the cream of the crop they're bold they're strong in their faith uh, they're leaders they're well networked in their cities and uh, we had some young people from uh, both New Jersey and New York City, who reached out. And for the first time, we felt like we had enough of an interest here to where we could start planning for a New York City event. And uh, we've been planning for quite a few months now, uh, all last fall and now uh, leading up to tonight, March 18th, uh, in uh, Brooklyn, New York, in the Park Slope neighborhood. Uh, we're partnering with a church there called Park Slope Christian Tabernacle. A real guy there named Daniel Sanabria and some others uh, that are there. Uh, that's his church. Uh, I, I met up with Daniel Snobby a couple of years ago. He's like, Jordan, what's your vision for New York City? I'm like, I don't really have one right now, but eventually I want to do something there. And then uh, he's like, if you ever need a place, you can do an event at my church. I'm like, okay, thank you. And then uh, last fall, I'm like, hey, remember two years ago when you said I could make a event at your church? I think uh, uh, we want to do an event in New York. And I was like, the place is yours. You can use it. I'm like, great. So then uh, that's tonight. So March 18th, uh, we're uh, we can fit up to 250 people there and uh, if you asked me like a month ago i was like ah, maybe we'll have like 50 people but yeah because i just wasn't sure how promotion was going but uh, in the last even just few weeks even there's been a huge promotional push and uh, i think we're going to be really close to filling it and uh, i don't know maybe we'll have to turn people away because there's, gonna, there's a lot of interest right now which is amazing people coming from all over the city there's churches bringing bands of kids uh, from different areas and uh, and, and we're anticipating it's not necessarily going to be a predominantly Christian audience. We, we are really hoping there will be lost young people there that will hear the gospel tonight. Uh, and and the, the mission of the How to Life movement has been reaching, discipling, and mobilizing Gen Z for Christ. And we want to reach Gen Z, see the gospel shared, and young people find faith in the Lord. Uh, we want to disciple the next generation because many young Christians need to grow in their faith and and, uh, and and need to be encouraged uh, and and mobilized. And some of the biggest fruit that comes is because these young people are empowered. Many of the how to life leaders from the past are now in ministry work today, a few years after their event, because as a high school student they were given an opportunity. Because many young people they want to make a difference for Christ if they are a believer, but they just don't know how. They want to know where to get started. They need people who can believe in them and say, "I believe in you." and no, you can do this, you can make a difference. And that really kind of leads into kind of some of my uh, encouragement as I share uh, for kind of the last little stretch here. My, uh, they're really, my, in the 90s, my grandpa wrote a book called Battle for a Generation. And uh, the vision of, or the point of that book was just like, look, it's a battle. The enemy is trying to attack the next generation. And uh, I think his goal is if Satan can capture one generation, he captures all those that come thereafter. And uh, we're just like, well, yeah, and that, that, that couldn't be more true than today. We have a generation that, according to Barna, is the least Christian generation in American history. And it's really sobering. Yeah. And their statistics said they surveyed a bunch of teenagers and young people. Uh, and in their uh, early 2018 study that came out, they concluded that only 4% 
of Gen Z has a biblical worldview. That's one in 25 teenagers that you meet on the street in America today that truly knows what it means to follow Christ. And uh, sometimes when we are in our churches or in our world, we might feel like, oh, there's a lot of Christians and a lot of things, but yeah, but when it comes down to it, so many young people don't know Jesus. And, uh, and it's sad, it's sobering. And, uh, and I know my heart more than anything is to see awakening and revival amongst a generation that is quite spiritually dead. A generation that's very confused, a generation that has some of the worst statistics of any generation in history, some of the worst rates of anxiety and depression and mental health and suicide and, uh, and ultimately lostness because of, of not knowing Jesus. And uh, my heart is to see something done about that for, for this generation. And that's why, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps our, our growing How to Life staff and team. We're, we're our own nonprofit now and we're working to mobilize young people all over and throwing our staff and team. But uh, for each of you that are here uh, and just kind of thinking, uh, you might be wondering, well, what can I do to like help the next generation? And there's four points I want to leave you with. Uh, if you're wondering, how can I, as an adult, as a baby boomer, as a Gen Xer, uh, as a millennial, invest into Gen Z and then also Generation Alpha, which is going up after Gen Z, that's anyone 10 and under. So if you've got really young kids, our grandkids, Generation Alpha, that's the new one. So we're, uh, by the time we finally have Gen Z figured out, we'll be all talking about Alpha. Yeah, give about five years. And, but uh, the young people growing up today really need adults that can, can, can pour into them. And, and here's kind of like four things I want to leave you with. Number one, how can you help the next generation? Number one is to pray. We need a desperate prayer uh, crusade, really, to reach the next generation of prayer campaign of prayer culture that emerges of, of older generations praying and pouring into the next generation. Uh, we need, uh, and, and I want to encourage each of you to be praying hard for the young people that you know, whether that's your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your children, uh, your nieces and nephews, uh, or people in your church, your the young people you know. I think everyone in this room probably knows or has proximity to at least one teenager in your life. And, uh, and whoever they are, I encourage you to be praying for them, praying for their friends, praying for the high schools that you live by, the high schools that maybe you went to uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, and that, that the Lord might move and to, to believe the Lord for big things. I'm deeply inspired by mm -hmm. church history and Christian history, and I love reading about like the first and second great awakenings and when evangelists like George Whitfield, who would preach in a wig, but he was 24 years old at the time is crazy. Uh, this guy who was basically my age in the 1700s was riding around on his horse, sharing the gospel to many of our ancestors in this very area. And uh, the Lord moved. And I don't remember where I heard the statistic, but I think I heard like one in seven people in the American colonies at that time came to faith uh, as a result of George Whitfield, <laughs> Jonathan Edwards, and a bunch of other people that were just passionately sharing about the hope of Jesus. And if the Lord could move then, I believe the Lord can move again today. There's so much that can happen. And, and, and that's a, we pray a lot for revival. Revival is when Christians grow in their faith and are revised, revived. Uh, I believe we need awakening. Awakening is when an area that does not know about Jesus has a fresh new passion for the Lord. And it happened then in these very areas, and it can happen again today. I believe it can. Um, uh, I, so... 
few things. Number one, pray. Number two, uh, to mentor uh, the next generation. Uh, I, I don't see, unfortunately, I don't see a lot of intergenerational discipleship happening uh, with young people uh, today uh, with the generations. And uh, I believe that it's essential for the future of the kingdom, the future of the Great Commission, uh, for older generations to be mentoring the, the next generation, to be pouring into them. And uh, you might be like, oh, that's awkward. How do I do that? How do I talk to a young person? I'm not cool enough. Or it's like, no, you are. And young people are more willing to listen to you than you might think. And if you can, uh, I think it comes from not talking down, but more talking to getting on a young person's level. And like, hey, I believe in you. I care about you. Uh, so I want to challenge each of you to think, are there young people that you know that maybe you could disciple, people uh, that you could help reach out to and to be praying that the Lord might lead you to someone? Uh, and you might say, oh, I'm very busy. And I know many, everyone in this room, we've got busy, busy schedules. But the good news is you don't necessarily need to add more to your schedule. Maybe just invite young people to come along with you with what you're already doing. They're like, hey, I'm getting up and I'm golfing at this time. Come with me or hey, I'm going to this meeting, come with me, or hey, I'm, I'm doing this, or I'm going to this Bible study, or this or that, and there's there's always ways you can just be like, hey, come along and do life with me. Um, another thing, I want to encourage you to help empower the next generation, and, and if maybe in your church, you're like, hey, we need young people who can step up and lead in a different way, and, 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 uh, and, and young people need to be empowered, and it means so much to someone who's like, hey, I think you can do it. And I'm like, oh, I can't do that. Like, well, I, I think you can. And, and giving people an opportunity, telling them that you believe in them and, uh, and giving them a vehicle by which the Lord can use them is huge. And uh, many of us often feel like, oh, like we feel, so, sometimes adults feel threatened by younger generations. Oh, like, well, I've waited my turn for this many years. Now it's my turn. And, uh, and I just don't believe that's a biblical mindset to have. I think we always need to be empowering someone younger than us. And for me, I'm empowering people younger than me. Like I'm a 23 year old, I'm trying to empower 16 year olds and 17 year olds. I'm like, hey, I want, like, sure, I could speak, but like tonight, I'm not even speaking really at this event. It's all local people that are empowered, kids from New Jersey, kids from New York, kids from uh, Gen Z leaders that have been coming in for this. And it's always about empowering someone a little younger than us to, to take the lead and to, to, take, to, to make a difference. Uh, so that, and then, and the last thing I encourage you to do uh, is to uh, is to invest in the next generation, whatever that might be, and to find Gen Z causes for evangelizing and reaching the next generation, uh, both investing in, in, in whatever ways that is uh, with with young people to find causes uh, near you uh, that work toward building up the next generation, and and seeing evangelism happen, seeing discipleship happen, seeing mobilization happen. These are things that I believe are essential for the future of the church, the future of the kingdom, uh, is, is, is working intentionally to empower the next generation in those ways. I've got a few verses that really, really stick out to me when it comes to uh, this message and this kind of conversation. Uh, one is 2 Chronicles 7, 14, uh, where uh, this is uh, God talking in 2 Chronicles uh, to uh, the people of Israel, saying, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. That's like one of the best verses on revival and awakening. And, uh, and I, it 
straight up gives us instructions right there. If we pray, if we seek his face, and if we turn from our wicked ways, repentance, seeking the Lord, the Lord will hear from heaven and, and he can heal our land. And uh, I love that verse so much. Now, another very key verse that I love that has to do with uh, the, the intergenerational partnership that I believe needs to take place. Uh, probably the reason I believe it needs to take place is this verse right here, Acts 2, 17. This is Peter in his Pentecost sermon preaching to the like thousands of people who gathered from all over the world. This was like kind of the birth of the Christian faith going places. This was Pentecost. This was an amazing sermon. Peter quotes the prophet Joel from the Old Testament, uh, who's quoting the Lord once again, where the Lord says, and in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. I love this verse because it truly talks about an intergenerational partnership, that in the last days, whenever that may be, I don't, nobody knows, we don't know. All we know is we're closer to the last days than any generation in history. So because we made it this far. So, uh, but whenever the last days come, uh, God declares that he'll pour out his spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters, young people, men and women of the next generation will prophesy and lead the way. Young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. This shows that in the last days, young people will lead. Young people or in, in older generations will invest and pour into and get behind next generation and seeing where's the lord at work with young people how can we get behind this and get behind the next generation in those ways and i know that verse means so much to me and is so encouraging and i hope can encourage you guys as you're thinking to know that we none of us in any generation are left out of this equation young people need to step up uh, older generations need to invest in the next generation pour into encourage yeah, there's so much wisdom in this room so much uh, wealth of wisdom that you guys can invest and lead with young people and uh, it truly starts with discipleship starts with people pouring into the next generation i know that's my heart and the heart of many of you in this room today so uh let's uh close our eyes and uh and come before lord lord we thank you for having your holy spirit in the room this morning um giving us a, a heart to reach the lost uh, to communicate Christ to them in their language. Lord, I thank you for the ministry of uh, Jordan Whitmer and the uh, legacy from which he comes. I praise uh, your name for um, it, trusting us to be partners in this work. I praise in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.